This is Tarot for the Wild Soul, a weekly tarot podcast about life, death, and rebirth, hosted by me, Lindsay Mack. Hello, loves, and welcome back to Tarot for the Wild Soul podcast. I'm your host, Lindsay Mack, and it is an immense joy and delight to be back with you after this um, unintended, but I think wholly appropriate break from the podcast as certainly much more important voices and conversations have really deserved to be amplified and paid attention to in these wildly important and evolutionary times. Um, And uh, we're going to be talking about all that and more on this, uh, on this monthly medicine episode. It's such an unbelievably intense an important and crucial time to be alive on this planet, to be alive on this planet, to bear witness to the trauma and the pain, both of our fellow human beings, especially black people, brown people, BIPOC, indigenous folks, especially those who have experienced violence, who've experienced um, directly the um, brute force of state-sanctioned violence, of colonialism, we could go on and on, to acknowledge our part in that, to acknowledge our complicity in those systems as white folks, as people with privilege, and to ultimately well, not ultimately, but simultaneously acknowledge our own trauma, acknowledge our own shame, acknowledge our own fear on the journey to dismantling our privilege and our white supremacy. Work that will never be done, by the way, but the systems are coming down. This is a tower time. It makes a lot of sense. This is an emperor year ruled by Aries. Aries also rules the tower. This is a Mars card. This is a Mars year due to the fact that it's an Aries year, right? The tower does not apologize. The tower says, hey, this tower was built on a foundation that is crooked. It's cracked. It's broken. Sometimes If the foundation can kind of be repaired while the tower remains, the whole tower doesn't have to come down. The top of the tower might come down, half the tower might come down. But because this is 2020, this is the new world, we are in a new evolution, a new paradigm of humanity and of our continued survival on the planet as a species across the board. The entire tower has to come down. And that means that all of us have to look at what that tower has been hiding, what it's been blocking, the trauma, the pain, the wounding, the fear, the terror, the um, ignorance, right? That's one of the biggest pieces about capitalism. It's one of the biggest pieces about these symptoms. It's all set up to ensure we don't feel anything. All set up to make sure we're not really paying attention to the pain others are feeling because then we'd have to deal with our own. 
right? So the tower's coming down. We knew that this was going to happen. Saturn conjunct Pluto, baby. It's, this is it. It's not new. None of this is new. We're just really beginning to acknowledge the damage, the extent, and I don't even really think we've begun. So we are deeply in this and it is a very powerful time. It's, it's a powerful, powerful time and one that we have no point of reference for. We have other times in history that have been like this time. We have never, humanity has never seen a time in history like this. And I'm talking across the board, these frequencies, um, the level and demand of immediacy, these, this is, it feels like so much crucial pressure because it is, because everything that is happening in this world right now, the virus, the way it disproportionately affects black and brown people, the way that, um, you know, our planet is currently going through, um, an extinction crisis that also predominantly affects black and brown people, it all comes back to the same thing without acknowledging the wounds, the pain, the trauma, the horrors of our past, without acknowledging, um, especially for white Americans, right? Um, we live on unceded territory. <laughs> like, what did we think, right? This is so obvious. For black and brown people, but because of the shields of white supremacy, a lot of us, a lot of us, even those of us who've been awake somewhat are waking up on a level that has, we've never experienced before because we cannot, um, for a million reasons, because no more lives should ever be lost to this because there must be accountability. There must be an accounting there must be reparations on a million levels just to bring us back into slightly survivable balance. The tower has come down. It's coming down. And the, the rot underneath that tower that we've been told about for forever, black and brown folks have been screaming from the rooftops about forever that we've known white people in our bodies. We felt it. We've felt it in other ways. The waking up and the waking up the, the gentle way or the slightly less intense way, it left a long time ago. The whole tower has to come down and the confrontation of the rot and the extent of the damage to the foundation, what it's going to take to rebuild it is going to take everybody. It's going to take all of our willingness. There is no way forward. You're, you're awake. Whether you like it or not, whether you're, you know, you're screaming or not, you're awake. And really, that's everybody. You know, some people right now are confronting with the fact that they have so much more trauma or rage or anger or pain in their bodies than they even thought. And some of us are waking up to the, to the shame, to the guilt and learning crucially how to navigate that shame and guilt so that we can be useful members in this movement so that we can actually move forward again in reparation of harm, confronting what is ready to be looked at. And again, this is not new 
to say that these, oh, these are, you know, they're unprecedented times in terms of the level of immediacy because we are at choice as a species on this planet. Will we continue or will we die out? This is where we are, right? So that crucial frequency has reached a pitch for a number of reasons because this time demands nothing less. Waking up means we wake up with 360 degree vision. That means looking at all of the experiences without our um, particular view, if we hold privilege, being the center focus. And really it's, it's almost impossible not to, right? But we can begin to look at things differently. And you may be feeling in yourself, like, I don't like it that Lindsay's talking about this. There's nothing else to talk about right now. And if you're not talking about it, that is your medicine right now. Where you find yourself uncomfortable is what you're being asked to work on right now. Me too. And if you think I'm not looking at myself in this time, you're dead ass wrong. This is, I'm speaking about my own process here. This is for everyone. This is a collective call for the amplification of voices that have been saying this shit for hundreds of years and for some of us to decenter, right? And we're all figuring out what that looks like as we learn what it is to center the voices of those who um, really deserve to be listened to right now, who have deserved to be listened to forever um, on another level right? On a level that maybe has never been before collectively again, because this is a collective medicine. Um, and that extends to every system in the world, you know, that again, we're, we're thinking we're waking up from the trance right now. And this has been something that, um, we've been talking about for a while and now is really here in full force that there just is no way forward without, that like there's no more trance to fall into. Even if you're attempting to fall into the trance, it's getting a bit harder to hold, right? The consequences are much more dire. You know, the, the more the foundation rots, the more the tendency is that it's going to collapse and totally we're going to fall into it, right? Um, so we are waking up. We spoke in the June monthly medicine, the theme that month was awakening. And we spoke in June about expansive resistance and contractive resistance. I don't know if you remember, but we've seen that so powerfully laid forward. Incredibly powerful examples of expansive resistance. And what we're talking about, that lack of willingness to see 360 degrees, is part of contractive resistance. That expansive resistance is being shown to us in every protest with every person who's come before and all the protests that have come before that have laid the groundwork for these protests currently happening and that have been happening this month. Um, the work and the, the courage and the bravery that's been, been, been shown, um, the willingness to step forward in this way. This again is not new, but we actually have the ability now to change it, to confront. It's no fucking joke. This is the bare minimum of what it's going to take for the survival of this planet and of human beings. 
might sound really dramatic. And I actually think I'm, I'm, I'm not being as strongly worded as I could be. This is, it's just the bare minimum. So what does that mean? You know, if we talk about this, what, what ultimately does that, does that mean? That means that, well, it means a lot of things. Um, the first is that we begin to pay more attention to these concepts of contractive and expansive resistance, that our contractive resistance is the ego's holdout to be able to say, like, no, 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 like, I want things to go back to normal. I, I don't want to deal with all this. It's completely normal to, to feel. And yet there is no more normal anymore. That's totally gone. We're moving into a completely new time. And we've been moving into that new time for a while. We're just kind of upon it in a different way and yet still have so much more to go. Um, and um, again, the rot that is under the foundation extends to the deepest possible levels. The entire um, foundation of what this country, America, was built on is on a rotting, broken foundation. And what does it look like when we pull up that whole tower? Like, what does that mean? What could it mean as a collective? This month, um, the theme of the month is transition. So we are collectively and personally transitioning. We are leaving behind one state, one form of existence for another. There is no going backward anymore. We're never going to go back to, we can't go back to getting by. We can't go back to being asleep. As, as a planet, I'm not talking always about the individual experience here. This is collectively, um, especially, um, this is all over the world, but really I'm, I live in America and especially in America, this is, we're just seeing so many things, um, that other people have seen, you know, um, we're waking up collectively to some pretty, um, pretty crucial things that have needed to change for a long time. And we are so um, far behind on our willingness to feel collective wounds, collective traumas, collective harms that have been done. We've never even felt them, much less taken responsibility for them. And that's the change. Part of the, part of the invitation of this time is to confront our own work in this area. Where are we making amends? Where are we confronting the times in our lives where we've acted in harm, where we didn't know, where we didn't realize? How can we sit with those things? You know, how can we be with those things so that we ultimately can be more free to come forward and be of assistance and service? If we don't want to look at the stuff that is coming up in our in ourselves, we're not really going to be able to be present in the way that the world needs us to be. This is about really an acknowledging and an honoring, again, 360 degrees of us so that we can not be so consumed with us, so that we can project our focus a lot more on what 
what are the needs of others? Or um, if we have been suffering for so long and we've been not the center of conversation, to allow ourselves to come forward and say, hey, this is what's really important right now. I'm needing to be acknowledged and witnessed here. There's nothing fast about this time. It's really gradual, building on layers of externally directed change and action, then internally directed processing, honoring of this wounding and trauma, and then coming forward again. This is very much a spiral process. And I believe, um, although there are reasons for this, we're in Mercury's retrograde in the sign of cancer. We're in cancer season. There are reasons for my my um, bringing forward of this card, but I I I believe with with great humility um, that the chariot is one of the strongest cards, along with the tower, around um, one of the strongest anchor cards that we can bond to during this time. The chariot comes at the end of line one of the major arcana or the first spiral of the majors and it looks really good like the chariot looks really good the charioteer looks really good like the the chariot you would never give it a second look not in the smith rider weight certainly you'd never think anything of it you'd think like wow this like handsome cisgender person <laughs> you know like or or not who knows um this, uh, this like cool chariot, like they, they look so good. And, and even the, the, um, the, the traditional meanings of it, some, some that I even used to teach, like, oh, it's like a victory. It's, you know, it's, it's just like a great sign. It's just great. Um, no matter how you pull it, no matter how you do it. And it's really not all it at all. And, Ultimately, the chariot, uh, if you really look at that chariot on the Smith Rider, it looks good, but it's not going to get you very far. The wheels are concrete. It's being pulled by two sphinxes. Like, they're not even horses. We don't even see it because it looks really good. And that's essentially, it's colonialism. It's capitalism. It's all of these systems. They look so good. You don't have to feel anything. Just kind of go unconscious. Just do your thing. Like, get by. The chariot says, look through the image. Look through the illusion of the image. And acknowledge that in order to move forward, in order for you to enter into the spiral of line two of the majors, whether it be justice or strength, really doesn't matter. However, your line two journey begins. You cannot get there on that chariot. That thing will fall the fuck apart the second you leave that flat, smooth ground for the wild woods that is the initiation point of line two. You can't do it. You just can't do it. There's no such thing anymore. It's a crab shell that kept us protected, that kept us, that we felt shielded us from harm and yet kept us totally um, identified with, with an illusion that, you know, again, like I could go on and on. We all have our, our delusions 
about societies and structures and systems and, and, um, you know, all kinds of things, right. That, that are, are collapsing appropriately as they should be. There's no way that we can do it anymore because the chariot will fall apart. It will literally bust open (laughs) and we'll be left on the side of the road without the crab shell still like the, the chariots, you know, we're really at choice. Like we can either let that chariot bust open on the road or we can leave it with grace, with dignity. We can honor that chariot, honor those shells that kept us perceiving, right? That we were safe and protected or that we were doing the right thing or that we were going along with what people wanted us to do, but we don't need them anymore. In fact, we can't, we world can't support it anymore. What would we be? What could we be if we were free of these shells, of these chariots? And it has everything to do with everything that's happening right now in the world collectively. This is all chariot. Chariot is a graduation and it is a transition point. We, when we graduate and leave high school, ideally we're not coming back. You can't ever really go back. So it's about honoring the feelings that we have around that, that are valid and worthy. And we're ending and completing this triple eclipse season on July 5th in cancer season. It's been a time of massive acceleration. Once the unearthing and the active excavation of this triple eclipse eclipse season ends in July on July 5th, um, and we'll feel the reverberation of that for quite some time. It's not that the excavation's over, but we're going to be entering a slightly different phase of this where the transition starts to be coupled into our daily lives. So we're becoming something. When we transition, it's slow. It's not two seconds. This is the medicine of cancer. Nothing happens that really happens for good in a fast way. It's slow and it's important to let it be slow, not slow as in the luxury of slowness, the luxury of comfort, um, the luxury of saying like, okay, I'm like ready to do this now. (laughs) It's not that it's, um, the acknowledgement that these things, um, take time and that they, they take our life. It's, it's about the devotion of our life to these things. So yeah, there's, there's a number of things to know. Um, for many of us, this next month will be a time where it's really important to sit and pause with your words. Like why, why, why bring something forward? Do you really get a yes? Do you really get a no? Um, can you trust that yes and trust that no? Very important to acknowledge like how much space are we taking up in the room right now? Um, this month, my guide said, is tough for the ego, but bliss for the soul. <laughs> so um, the ego wants always, um, it just wants our comfort as it, it wants us to be comfort, comfortable, but the soul wants values discomfort. The soul is, is here to help us embrace. Ultimately, nothing really good comes without some measure of evolutionary discomfort. I'm not talking about just discomfort for discomfort's sake, but we we can grow through evolutionary discomfort. And that's really what's important. Um, that's where we're growing from. So the, the ego is going to hate this month and a number of this is, I mean, the ego is probably not going to be very happy <laughs> uh, again, you know, for um, 
maybe forever. I kind of hope that's true. Um, but again, this has been a week, an awakening to soul that's been coming for quite some time. So it, it really is about embracing those pieces. Um, be wary of any invitation that calls for you to quote, go back to normal. There's no going back to normal. It can't be. So let it take the time that it takes for you to feel into what your unique contribution to the planet is today. And then ask yourself that in the next hour and in the next hour, like, what are you really being called to do? Um, we're waking up and it's crucial that we become a lot more present around our decisions and choices. And this is a great thing, even if it's uncomfortable. Again, that like autopilot is a part of what's leaving camp. It just can't be anymore. So more critical thinking, more um, consciousness is, is it's, that's what's present. That's really what's here. Transition is happening on a global, massive personal scale. And we're going to see themes of transition through the entire month and ongoing. Um, our card of the month is six of swords. One of the most important things about six of swords that, that I find very crucial is that there are times in life where we are the person that steers that boat. And there are times in life where we're sitting in the boat, letting ourselves be steered. And we're learning how to be both. Because there are times when we are the, there are appropriate times where we are the person who is holding the space, who is moving things along. We're kind of the caretaker or the, or the, 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 the captain, so to speak, that steps up and says, okay, in this time or in this situation or in this group or with this community or with this person, I've got you and I'm holding this movement. I'm directing this flow. We're both in the boat together, but I'm holding it and moving the boat. And then there are times where we are the person sitting, letting ourselves be moved. And it's really important to begin determining what do you need in terms of your relationship with, with this, this vessel that's taking you from place to place, this body or this mind, what do you need in order to keep you present right now? Um, what kind of accountability, what kind of support, what kind of space holding, what kind of, what, what do you need and how can you ask for it? How can you reach for it? Um, if you're fucking exhausted, are there ways to call it in that are a little different? Um, you know, if you're somebody who says, I can't do it, I don't have anything to give, um, are you able, especially if you're someone who has privilege to check in around that? Is that really true? Um, how can you, you know, step into potentially deeper support of yourself in order to be more present? Um, if you're somebody who is, is deeply in your process of trauma and pain, um, what, what is important for you? If you do desire to step forward, let your voice be heard what are your boundaries? Like what, what is most important for you? What is most, um, like what makes it possible for you to do what you're doing? Sixes in the tarot are always about balance and they're typically about interpersonal balance, even if it's slightly further back. So, um, 
We're looking at the relationships of support. Why is this important and why is it a, a sword card? Because the brain, um, it's, it's really more the ego than it is the brain. But one of the ways that, that the ego, the ego brain tries to keep us safe is to isolate us right? We've all experienced that where, where we'll, we'll kind of hear, feel like an invitation from the ego that like, oh, don't tell that person that they would like hate you for that. Then we wind up telling the person and it's like amazing, you know, um, or important or perfect, or, or as soon as it comes out of our mouth, we hear it and maybe are received by someone else. And we realize, oh my God, I'm not alone in this. I, my brain was totally telling me a, a whole story that I was alone. And the brain doesn't do this to be cruel. It doesn't do this to be bad or m- malevolent. It does this again because it it knows that if we're identified with a particular thought or feeling of being like, well, I'm the only one that goes through this, that our tendency will be that we'll kind of stay frozen. And we're not staying frozen anymore. We're waking up and we're shaking up. <laughs> That's like what it is. So how can we begin to awaken to this more, to to recognize that transition as we're seeing it and as we're moving through it collectively and individually can be very threatening, can feel very scary to, to our, our sweet brains that are just trying to keep us going in this world. And here we are in like one of the most immense um, times that the planet has ever seen. And what do we need? We need to, we need to be reminded regularly that we're not alone in it. We're not alone. Whatever you're going through, you're not alone. This is literally the card of the month. That's how important it is. So reach out whenever you start to be like, oh, wow, I'm in like real isolation about this thought, this memory, this situation determining for yourself with great care, like what's the most appropriate place? Can I ask permission, consent? Is this a place to bring this? Is the absolute highest and best person to process this with? Or am I the highest and best person to to do any process work with this person? We're just, we're moving into so much more care. That's that's another piece that's so, um, I find very attuned with spirit is that when you're in, when you're in service to doing things in alignment with your soul work, um, sometimes you, you fuck up, (laughs) you make mistakes. Um, but a lot of the time spirit will, will, there's a great deal of, of direction and of, and of alignment that can come with checking in and just really, really trusting those gut feelings. Like, is this person, like, is this the best time? Is this the best situation? Really coming into high, high, high level levels of personal responsibility with all that. Um, what this month is teaching us, nine of wands. So nine of wands, I think, is one of the most, again, with great humility, because really, who am I uh, to say this? But I think um, is one of the most important anchor cards for this time in history, because nine of wands teaches us the fine art of what it is to go and rest and go and rest and go and rest without going to the point like what nine of what what we have a tendency to do 
is go, 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 totally overload, totally overwhelm ourselves, collapse and freeze and turn away from everything and then kind of have to recover. And nine of wands is a wonderful anchor card for these times because it's teaching us a different rhythm that we're getting conditioned in right now. So with nine of swords, we stay, or I'm sorry, nine of wands, we stay awake. We're awake. We're present. We're moving Wands has everything to do with us moving in alignment with our unique rhythm, our particular energetic capacity, our output. So that means not comparing ourselves to other people. Everybody is going through something different. Everybody has different um, spoons uh, like that they have on a day-to-day basis. I am very much in that camp as well. Some of us um, have certain ways our bodies are capable of showing up in space and some of us who who don't have the capacity or the ability in some way, shape, or form to show up in, in one way or another um, for a myriad of reasons, for a million reasons. It's about starting to come home to that. What do I have to give? What feels tenable? What feels possible here in this moment? Um, and then how can I give and actually refill my cup so that I don't wind up blowing myself out so fast that I step away completely. So nine of wands is about learning to rest, wake up, rest, wake up. It's a different rhythm. It's a rhythm that, that says, don't go, go, go until you're completely destroyed and exhausted and then have to recover and have all of this potential trauma because we didn't take the breaks we needed when we needed them. Um, your breaks are your own personal business, whatever means breaking for you. Um, it's really has more to do with refilling your cup. So what this month is teaching us is honoring a new rhythm. But Nine of Wands is an amazing anchor card for this because it's, again, about kind of um, taking a break without going away. It's about staying with things, hanging out and staying with them. We're learning how to do that in a way that is, again, tenable, in a way that is sustainable. We have to be able to sustain. And while we're building that, expanding our capacity to hang in there a little more than we might have a week ago or a month ago. So it's all gradual. Again, this is a transition process, right? What's being released? Six of cups. So when we release a card, that doesn't mean that the card's energy goes away. It means that in order to step forward into what is coming up, which is 10 of cups, we have to acknowledge that we've kind of drank our fill. We've had our fill in what that card's energy is that we're releasing. It doesn't mean that we're releasing it because it's bad. We don't need it anymore. It sucks. Or, you know, none of those adjectives even come into play. Releasing a card's energy means that we've, we've had a glass of water in front of us that we've been able to drink all the way down. And we have that card's energy moving through us. And six of cups, um, for some is a card of great nostalgia for me is a card of the, of profound heart opening of being able to be so vulnerable. This releasing this doesn't mean we're not opening the heart. It just means that we're starting to do something different. So clearing out six of cups and moving into 10 of cups this month for me and for my guides, um, Six of Cups is about 
I think um, beginning to do all of this deeper heart work and what it means to have vulnerable conversations, what it means to say like, hey, this is really how I'm feeling and it's hard for me to express it. We've been doing that. We've been called to do that in us. And it doesn't mean we're done with that work, but it means that somewhere in us, we've built the foundation for that kind of work. Now what is important is to begin to infuse and expand it into a much larger capacity. Ten of Cups is about finding the available loveliness, the joy that is in front of you, no matter what, and making time and space for it. In order to continue to be a part of this great planetary movement for evolution, expansion, reparation, healing, confrontation of harm, I could go on and on rebalancing um, to the degree that we're even able to do that. Um, You know, in order to do that, we have to be tethered. And it's a very similar frequency to nine of wands as well. We have to be able to be tethered to the things that refill our cup that bring us joy and not feel like we have to be ashamed or apologize for that. Because that's the only thing that life is like. Life is hard. Nobody promises us fairness in this life. Life is really hard. It's beautiful, but it's fucking hard and it's uncomfortable. And again, very unfair for many people. So what does that look like when we try to touch into joy? It's a radical fucking act and not anything we have to apologize for again. But Ten of Cups doesn't mean we negate the challenging parts of life. I have always found for myself, whenever I've pulled this, in fact, this card has taught me what it was through these pulls and through observing these pulls that very often when I pull Ten of Cups, I'm not going through a great time. It's spirit reminding me, well, what's great? Not, not in a performative way of saying like, well, just focus on the positive, but literally saying to me, you know, your, your cat is alive today and, and wants pets and cuddles right now. And can your feelings of distress, anxiety, disappointment, or trauma, can they coexist with like, whoa, my cat is here today. He's this many years, days, months old today. He'll never be this old or this young ever again. And I don't want to miss it. It's a different kind of presence. It's it ultimately, I think, Ten of Cups is love informed of present moment energy that we learn how to hold the love and the honoring and the spaciousness that we can have for our own experience and for that of others. And also say, I really appreciate the trees. I really appreciate my cat. I really appreciate the sweetness of my child napping in this moment. And I know that when they wake up, they're going to be screaming because they're teething. But it's like that moment of sweetness is 
there's a whole universe in there that the mind continually wants us to stay out of. Because again, the mind is very linear. Soul is very spiralic. The mind says, well, yeah, well, things are calm now, but like, what about then? Or the mind says, like, I don't have time for my cat right now. Like, I'm fucking busy. I'm preoccupied with stuff. Ten of Cups invites us gently to rewire that and essentially say, like, you actually, your cat being here, how they are right this moment is just as, if not a bit more important, actually, than what you happen to emotionally be going through right now. Can you make room for both? Because if you do, you'll have more support to confront the things that feel challenging. And when life does inevitably have hair bends and twists and turns that you do not expect, there will be anchors for you. Anchors of um, like available pleasure and delight to root into. So it's never about... Um, diminishing or, or evading or trying to move out of, or like, I think everyone here really knows my, my intention with that. I'm never about, um, evading any emotional experience. It's always about actually, how can we make room for this? Um, but 10 of cups adds a very important flavor that is again, crucial for this transition time. All this is transition related medicine. How do you hold on to the joy in the midst of the inevitable horror and pain of life? How do you do that? It's radical to do that. How do you learn to keep and hold and and live to a different rhythm? How would your self-care change? How does your nurturing change? How does it change for you to ask for what you need? What does your support system look like? Like, are you the one always steering the boat? How can we change that today? so that that's not true. How can you be the person in the boat a lot more than you are or vice versa, right? Um, what we're being invited to pay attention to is 10 of wands. This is huge, huge for the sacred transition time. What are you holding on to? That's not yours to hold on to. Most of us think if I don't hold this, it'll never get done. It's not true. It's actually when we let it go that the right people can come and go, oh, damn, like I got to pick this up. What are we afraid of letting go? What are our stories about? Like, oh my God, if I let go of this, what'll happen to me? Like, what will I do? What will my career be? What will my life be? What will people say? What'll they say if you don't, if you do, you know, it'll, it'll, it's really the opposite is true that, that 10 of wands is a turning point how we teach it in soul tarot and um, a transition point in which we begin to say, I can harvest, acknowledge and honor everything I've done that's brought me to a place where I have way too fucking much on my plate or I have things on my plate that like are so out of alignment at this point that they have no place anymore on my plate. How can I respectfully gratefully, gracefully begin to acknowledge, like review each and every one of these wants, each and every one of my commitments, my responsibilities. Like this month is about asking very, very deep questions. What are you invested in? What are you wanting to divest from? What takes up your time and energy? 
What systems are you a part of? What systems are you complicit in? What platforms are you on? How do you use those platforms? Are there platforms that would be better served of use by another? Are you still feeling called to do certain things? Or are you afraid that if you didn't do them, you wouldn't be able to work or make money? You know, like we all have those stories. It's not about me telling you, oh yeah, if you release that, you'd still totally be able to blah, blah, blah. It's about you examining your stories about what happens underneath, what's, what's happening underneath that. So we have a lot happening right now. We're in a tower time. We're certainly in a, a, a chariot time. We're in all of these particular cards this month. It's very much about transition. Um, and it's not going anywhere. It's not new. And yet we're here in it together in a different way than we've ever been before. And for some people, uh, rightfully so, because most of us are, many of us are so late. <laughs> like there's a lot of anger. There's a lot of grief and that it's, it's completely warranted. Um, these cards are really about, yes, we are late. Many of us, white folks, especially, right? Um, now that we're here, how do we ensure that we stay here, that we don't go back to sleep, right? This is the transition. We're moving into a different time in many, many, many ways. The more present we can be with that, the more we can be a solid part of this revolution and evolution that the planet is going through on multiple levels right now. So if you're still here, thank you so much for listening, loves. Um, a couple of things. Um, I uh, don't know how often I'm going to be posting episodes for July and August. Usually I take a summer break. That is really needed. Uh, this year, the, the course this year was... Um, unbelievably demanding in, in the best of ways, like as it should be. Um, but there is a natural sort of recovery time that I typically find, uh, I'm needing, but, uh, I also, am not going to kind of formally state that I'm going on break because I think the opportunity for episodes and, um, other things could, could come up and, um, I'm not technically on a break cause I'm still working and doing all sorts of things. So, um, we are taking a break from the inbox this month as a team. So if you email us, just know you're going to have to wait until August to be responded to. And, um, a much deserved break for my team and I, in that respect, but I may have, I may, you may not hear from me until the August monthly medicine. I'm just really going to stay, uh, tethered to what spirit wants and asks of me. Um, so you might hear from me next week. You might not hear from me until August. Loving all of you so much. Thanks for being here. And until we meet again, please take care of yourselves. Thank you so much for listening to Tarot for the Wild Soul. This podcast was edited by Chase Voorhees. The podcast art is by Chelsea Iris Granger. And it is hosted by me, Lindsay Mack. 
For more about the podcast, visit wildsoulpodcast.com or follow us on Instagram at Tarot for the Wild Soul. For more about me and my work, please visit lindsaymack.com. To support Tarot for the Wild Soul, please consider subscribing to the podcast on iTunes and leaving us a five-star review. It helps people find us and it is greatly, greatly appreciated. Thank you so much for being here.